Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, holy crap. The gremlins are attacking everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year coming Merry up, Happy Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. Christmas, yeah, little Honeybee was just telling me how much she hates Christmas. I fucking hate Christmas. If you hate the holidays and is you it, hate is Christmas, it because, is, cheers. Honeybee, is it because... Your father dressed up as Santa Claus and got stuck halfway down the chimney and died. Is that why you hate Christmas? He he fell and broke his neck, and I found out that Santa wasn't <clears throat> real, and it's just uh, never been the same for me since. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, today we're for our Christmas special. We're talking about Gremlins, which contains the most awesome monologue <laughs> in any movie ever. <laughs> In which Phoebe Cates explains why she hates Christmas so much. Oh my god. Which they then make fun of in the second movie by having her begin to tell a story about why she hates Lincoln's birthday. Wow. But then gets cut off before she can finish it. Have you seen Gremlins 2? If I have, I don't remember it. Like, I didn't even really remember this movie. I'd definitely seen it before, but I I really only remember, like, bits and pieces, like, the creatures themselves and stuff. But I do remember my mom wanting to show me this movie and being really excited for me to see it more than I remember (laughs) the actual movie itself. But it was so funny, and I had a fucking blast watching this movie. Well, this is a comedy, but Gremlins 2 takes that up to 11 and just becomes a straight-up satire of society and television and whatnot. It's been a while mm. since I've seen it, but uh, but it is in no way a serious movie at all. It just, uh, yeah, it takes a, it, it. it's not just a comedy, it's like a ridiculous movie, mm. but in a good way. So Gremlins is from 1984. Mm-hmm. It is described as a comedy horror film directed by Joe Dante. Uh, there is a sequel and there is also a prequel cartoon series, which oh. is streaming on Max if that interests you. It was written by Chris Columbus. It is 106 minutes. It's from the United States in English. The budget was 11 million box office. Two hundred and twelve point nine million. So good for them. Yeah. I do remember this movie making me want a Furby real bad. <laughs> Furby. 
<laughs> For some reason, this movie set at Christmas time was theatrically released on June eighth in nineteen. What the hell? What? Yeah, I know. that's that's nuts. So even though we're calling it a Christmas movie, apparently the studio didn't feel it was a Christmas movie, or they would have released it at Christmas time. Well, I mean, I guess they did great, so it doesn't matter that much, I guess. Cause they still made two hundred right, some odd right. million off of it, but still, yeah, yeah, you would think it's a weird you choice. Would think, yeah, <laughs> very weird choice. Well, you know, there's an ongoing debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And Bruce Willis <laughs> and I will say it is not. Yes, because it takes place at Christmas, but it doesn't really deal with the themes of Christmas at all. It just happens to be an office Christmas party. Yeah, but this um, movie but it's certainly not for a, sure it, it, is a Christmas movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't you say, Bruce yeah. Willis? I know I you're listening to this. It is, it is certainly a movie that takes place at Christmas, but they use Christmas music throughout. There is the mm-hmm. whole you know thing subplot about why she hates christmas the the the, the thing the the gremlin is a christmas present so i think this mm-hmm. is a much stronger argument for this being a christmas movie than die hard the cast is zach galligan as billy peltzer phoebe cates as kate berenger Woo! hoyt axton as randall rand peltzer Polly Holiday as Ruby Deagle, Francis Lee McCain as Lynn Peltzer, Judge Reinhold as Gerald Hopkins, Dick Miller as Murray Futterman. Weren't Judge and Phoebe both in Fast Times at Richmond High together? Yes, they were. Dick Miller as Murray Futterman. Uh, <laughs> Glenn, isn't he the one that's watching her when she gets out of the pool? Um, Yes. And wanking it. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, Glenn Truman as Roy Hansen. Key Luke as Mr. Wing. You wouldn't probably not be familiar with him, but he was number one son in the Charlie Chan movies, and he was also the blind Kung Fu master in the TV series Kung Fu. Oh. Scott Brady as Sheriff Frank Riley. Corey Feldman as Ayo. Pete Fontaine. Jonathan Banks as Deputy Brett Fry, Edward Andrews as Ronald Corbin, Jackie Joseph as Sheila Futterman, Belinda Belaski as Mrs. Joe Harris, Harry Carey Jr. as Mr. Anderson, Nick Cat and Tracy Wells as schoolchildren, John Louise as Mr. Wing's grandson, Kenny Davis as Dory Mushroom as Barney, that's the dog, John C. Beecher as Dr. Molinar, and... For voices, we have Howie Mandel as Gizmo. Uh, Frank Welker, who's been in a couple other things we've watched as Stripe. Frank Welker does uh, Fred on Scooby-Doo and does Scooby-Doo in some Scooby-Doo. He wasn't the original Scooby-Doo, but he took over when that guy died. Don Steele as Rockin' Ricky Rialto. That's the DJ that we hear, and Don Steele uh was a famous DJ. I don't know why they didn't just have him play himself. Uh, Marvin Miller, uncredited as Robbie the Robot. I think they were just using sound samples from the movie. Yeah, because they're Robbie like the Robot lines. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Robbie the Robot is in this movie. I know. Aren't you, aren't you proud of me that I noticed and that I knew <laughs> who he was? 
I did. And you weren't like, oh, yeah. hey, did you recognize oh, yeah. this? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> so I can't remember. This might be one of the things that I saw before I saw Forbidden Planet. I can't remember. Oh. But there, Robbie the Robot, I think, folks, if you haven't heard our Forbidden Planet episode, that's because you're not a patron. Go to patreon.com slash MMFTG to support us there and listen to our patron-exclusive episodes like the Forbidden Planet one. But I believe I mentioned in that one that Robbie shows up in all kinds of stuff after Forbidden Planet, and this is one of those things. Yeah. He's at he was a, actually using, like, Inventors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Inventors Convention. I thought it was weird that he, he goes was saying convention. just his exact lines. Right. Like when, yeah. I was yeah. like, um, And okay. just, just kind of randomly chosen, like, is 60 quarts okay? You know, yeah. 60 gallons? <laughs> Yeah, Will 60 yeah. gallons be sufficient? I'm like, nobody asked you anything. Yeah, they just have him on a loop. It might be that when you rent the robot, it comes with a bunch of pre-recorded lines. <laughs> and they just set him to playing in the background. Because the father's on the telephone and Robbie's there outside the phone booth. And is just spouting lines from <laughs> Forbidden Planet. There is a cameo by Steven Spielberg, who was the executive producer. As man riding recumbent bicycle. Oh. And uh, a couple of these other cameos, I don't know who the hell they are. One of them was like the composer, I think. But Chuck Jones, as Mr. Jones, Billy's drawing mentor. Chuck Jones is a famous animator from Warner Brothers. Yeah. He did, and he did the, Mrs. the, the How Mrs. the Grinch Jones. Stole Christmas, Mrs. things Jones, like that. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our very long cast honeybee what are your initial thoughts on gremlins oh man so my initial thoughts are this movie is hysterical the dog benny is the real star of the show that acting was <laughs> so good um i love that the gremlins are like the bad guys and but they're also like smoking three cigarettes at a time and like just being complete menaces to society it, I, this movie made me right. laugh so hard i i was excited to watch it because like i said i do remember when my mom was like oh you have to see this movie you're gonna love it so much um and then i just don't really remember the movie i just kind of remember the creatures themselves <laughs> but then watching it, it oh gosh i just had such a blast watching this movie it made me laugh so hard the deaths are hysterical um the fact that these tiny little gremlins are you know um just like taking over and creating all of this chaos just made me so warm and fuzzy inside this is a real christmas <laughs> movie okay like the hallmark bullshit i can't stand it i hate christmas music i just don't I don't really have, I am a Grinch, like I don't really have, or maybe I'm a Scrooge, I don't know. I just don't really have the Christmas spirit. I really just dislike <sighs> the holiday season and everything that comes with it. And this movie is the movie I can get behind, you know? Remember when we did that okay. movie where it was like Santa was like going around killing everybody? That was another good one for me. The robot? I just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really loved it so much. And I will say also that the first time, I, I recognized um, a lot of people in the cast, which I always love because 
especially since it's a movie like before I was born. It was cool to see these people, you know, like, oh, I know this guy. Oh, I recognize this face. But it also uh, seeing, what is it, Phoebe Cates? I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my gosh, Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> okay, I, yeah. Do you, do you know that movie? Have you seen that movie? Yes, I know that movie, yeah. Ugh, it was like, it, it was one of my favorite movies when I was growing up and I was very excited to see her and just, I just loved this movie. It was so cute and it is a Christmas movie that I can get behind because you know how everyone's like, oh my God, it's Christmas time. Let's get our hot chocolate and like watch our like Christmas Hallmark movies. I think this is like that movie for me. Like I could pop open in like a 40 like a mickey's and watch gremlins and like it gives me the same warm fuzzy feeling like i feel like this is my version of that so yeah i loved it okay <laughs> honeybee i have uh, some news for you oh you will be visited by three spirits tonight We're going to teach your ass about the true meaning of Christmas. So, oh, brace yourself. yay. <laughs> How exciting for me. Uh, okay. So, Honeybee, what is this movie really about? This movie is really about. It's really about how white chaos? people fuck everything up. <laughs> It's how white people fuck everything up. This guy this appropriates is a white, whitey gonna white this, this element of of uh, he appropriates this element of Chinese culture and uh, immediately fucks it up. Doesn't yeah, follow what the was, rules. Doesn't respect it properly. Yeah, what was with the guy who was like? These, they're gremlins. The foreigners are bringing them. They're smuggling them into the country and hiding them in vehicles. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, we fought them in World no. War Two. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Uh, he doesn't mean that literally. Oh. Because um, the, the name, I don't think so. I don't think he's that crazy. Gremlins, the idea of gremlins first appeared in actually World War One in the Royal Air Force and then continued in World War Two. And this was just a thing they would, when something went wrong with the airplane, they would say it's gremlins. Oh, and, I see. Okay. And then it like, be, and the then fuck? it actually turned into a, a sort of a propaganda thing. Like there'd be little, you know, information posters. Don't let gremlins get. Basically, you know, take care of your equipment. Uh. Playing on the idea that, look, you're blaming gremlins for this shit, but really you haven't maintained your equipment properly. So don't let gremlins get to the machinery. Maintain your equipment. Do all your proper maintenance. Weird. Uh, so, the but the idea that uh, gremlins are in the machine messing it up, there's an old uh, Warner Brothers cartoon about that. Um, there's... You know other other things, but in like I think there's a Twilight Zone about it, or uh, I don't know if the thing on the plane in that famous episode is meant to be a gremlin. But then the idea that they might get into other machinery, cars, and things like that, you know, comes comes later. So I think this guy's talking about the idea we 
you know, we dealt with gremlins during World War II, and now they're here in the cars. But I don't think he really means it literally. But then it ends up literally happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that part at all. I was like, what the fuck is he he talking about? And that's the same guy who's like, oh, this car's great. This is an American car, not like those shitty foreign cars. Mm-hmm. But then the car went. But then when the car breaks down, it's not because there could possibly be a fault in an American car. It's because those gremlins. foreign gremlins got into it. Whitey but I white. think he's actually correct in a way. He's correct in that. I think the actual gremlins have gotten into it. And you know what the gremlins sort of remind me of, but just sort of, not like really, but kind of, just because like the way they talk and they're like little chattery laugh and stuff. They kind of remind mm-hmm. me of like minions like the minions from despicable me (laughs) how they're just their little like how they like communicate with each other and their little like chattery laugh i really love um horror comedy like you know like benny loves you like that sort of um and so just like the little like creepy laughs and like messing shit up and like the destruction just like oh it just it just like pings me in such a way i just love it so much it makes me giggly and so happy (laughs) and maybe that is the gremlin inside of me maybe i am a gremlin (laughs) Uh, i have some little teeny tiny gremlins around here somewhere from a game it was sort well it was presented as a game but really it was just here's some little gremlin figures and here's a piece of paper and some rules if you want to play this game with them. But we know that's not the real reason you're buying them. Aw, cute. And I've, u- I've used them in uh, D&D games because they're that size. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's get to the plot of this movie. Struggling inventor, thank you Wikipedia for the plot summary. Struggling inventor Randall Peltzer visits a Chinatown antique store hoping to find a Christmas present for his son, Billy. Actually, I think he goes in there trying to sell his smokeless ashtray or his... uh, It's his bathroom thing. Thing. Bathroom buddy. Mm -hmm. His bathroom buddy. But then when he sees the gremlin, he thinks, oh, this would be a good present. Inside, Randall encounters a small furry creature called a magui, which it says here is Cantonese for devil. Oh, shit. The owner, Mr. Wing, so I guess it's not a made-up word. It's an actual Chinese word. The owner, Mr. Wing, refuses to sell Randall the creature, but his grandson secretly does, warning Randall to remember three important rules. Do not expose the Mogwi to light, especially sunlight, which will kill it. Do not let it come in contact with water. And above all, never feed it after midnight. So, Mogwi are dry, clean, only. <laughs> Randall returns home to Kingston Falls, where he gives the Mogwi to Billy as a pet. Billy works in the local bank, but fears that his dog Barney will be put down by widowed miser Mrs. Deagle. Fuck you, Mrs. Deedle. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she has the authority to do that. Randall She's names the Mogwi Gizmo bitch. and explains she is. That, I believe, is... Uh, she played Flo on the TV series Alice. I don't know if you ever saw that. I didn't, but I did feel like I recognized that, that her. That's the, I and she had her a spinoff what. as well, hmm. playing the same character in a spinoff. Okay. 
let's see, uh, the three. So he explains, Randall names it Gizmo and explains the three rules. Gizmo is friendly and docile, but when Billy's young friend Pete accidentally spills water over Gizmo, five more Mogwis spawn from his back. A more troublemaking sort led by the aggressive Stripe. Yeah, that was pretty gross. It was so gross. Named for the tuft of fur on his head. (laughs) Billy shows one of the Mogwis to his former elementary school science teacher, Mr. Hansen, spawning another Mogwis on whom Hansen experiments. Mr. Back Hansen's, at home, Stripe and his fellow Mogwi attack. Mr. Hansen's kind of uh, a little bit. I, I, he was kind of rude, not not to anybody, but to <laughs> the little Mogwi. Like he's like, I know he's just trying to run tests and stuff, but like, damn, you gonna put him in a cage? Like Gizmo's not in a cage. He just like puts him in a cage and then like right. does all these tests, like draws his blood and shit. And I was just like, ew, like rude. I don't like this. <laughs> Back at home, Stripe and his fellow Mogwi trick Billy into feeding them after midnight by severing the power cord on his alarm clock. They form cocoons, as does Hanson's Mogwi, which soon hatch. Did Hanson also feed him after midnight? Well, he Emerging left. He was like eating dark... a sandwich. He's like eating a sandwich. He's like, all right, well, oh, I'm going to call it a night. And he just, like, he takes a bite of his sandwich, looks up at the clock, realizes it's like 2.30 in the morning. He's like, well, I'm going to call it a night. And then just walks out, but doesn't take his sandwich. I was like, <laughs> well, that's not very believable. <laughs> Do you want gremlins? Because that's how you get gremlins. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, they soon hatch, emerging as mischievous, dark green reptilian monsters called gremlins, who then torture Gizmo and attack Billy's mother, Lynn. Hansen is killed by his gremlin. Ah. Uh, is he the only one that is actually killed, or do they kill No, they kill Miss Deedle's bitch ass. That's right. That's right. These guys seem like they were pretty mischievous to start with. I don't know that they needed to... They were clearly already evil if they were like, hey, if we can eat after midnight we'll become evil like you're already evil (laughs) just just keep doing it but if you become obviously evil by turning into something gross looking that's gonna make it harder on you (laughs) lynn and billy are able to kill off the gremlins except for stripe who escapes to the local ymca there stripe jumps into the swimming pool spawning an army of gremlins who wreak havoc in kingston falls Many people are injured or outright killed. Oh, there's, there it is right there. By the Gremlins Rampage, including Mrs. Deagle. Billy reports this to, to the police, but they prove to be no help as they don't believe his story, even after he shows them Gizmo. People are a little underwhelmed by this, you know, heretofore unknown creature that appears to be sentient. They're just like, oh, isn't he cute? Instead of, holy crap, what is that? Did it just speak? <laughs> Bright light. Bright light. As Billy rescues his girlfriend, she is not his girlfriend yet, Kate Berenger. He's just a girl that he likes, who he's just now finally got up the nerve to ask out. They hide in the now-abandoned bank, where Kate reveals to Billy and Gizmo why she hates Christmas. Okay, but we gotta talk about... We gotta talk about before this when like all the gremlins are like at the bar she works at and she's just serving them. Like, bitch, what are yes. you doing? Why? She's like, just don't bite me. Like pouring liquor and like giving them an ashtray, giving them popcorn <laughs> and shit. I'm like, get the fuck out of there. Right. What are you doing? Are they tipping you? <laughs> she didn't call the yeah. She should have called the police. 
Well, the police were drunk uh, and not listening to say anyway. Gremlins. She could just say, there's trouble here at the bar. What was that? I said the police were already drunk and didn't give a shit anyway. <laughs> uh, when she was nine years old, her father went missing on Christmas Eve and did not come home on Christmas Day either. Several days later, he was found dead in their chimney. Was this when he started to stink? I don't remember how they found him. Or did they start a fire and it clogged up? Anyway, dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> Planning to surprise her and her mother, he had accidentally slipped and broken his neck while climbing down the chimney. Still suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, Kate confesses this is how she discovered the truth about Santa Claus. Billy and Kate discover that the town has fallen silent and the gremlins are watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in the local theater because they know how Uh, to thread a movie projector. They set off a natural gas explosion, incinerating all the gremlins except for Stripe, who left to commandeer more candy at a Montgomery <laughs> store across the street. As morning approaches, they follow Stripe into the department store, where Stripe attempts to use a fountain to spawn more gremlins. Gizmo opens a skylight, exposing Stripe to sunlight, killing him. Oh, As the Gizmo. local news reports on the day's mysterious tragedies, Mr. Wing reclaims Gizmo at the Peltzer home. He scolds the Peltzers for their negligence and criticizes Western society, as this entire movie does, for its carelessness with nature. However, as he turns to leave, Gizmo, having bonded with Billy, bids the young man goodbye. Bye, he touched Billy. Mr. Wing then concedes that Billy may be ready one day, and until then, Gizmo will be waiting. Yeah, do not, do not let him have Gizmo back. This movie not only had its own sequel, it says something here about an advertisement on British Telecom. I don't know. I guess they used them in a commercial. But it uh, spawned a bunch of knockoffs in the following years about tiny little monsters wreaking havoc, such as (laughs) Ghoulies, Troll, Hobgoblins, and Munchies. I just watched Munchies recently for the first time because uh, they were doing it on How Did This Get Made? And, uh, yeah, it's it's bad. It is bad. Uh, some of those movies, like Ghoulies, have gone on to have many, many sequels. Critters has, like, five sequels. I think Ghoulies has more than one sequel, but I know Critters has, like, five of them. Uh, yeah, Ghoulies has four. And then some more direct-to-video? Jesus. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. So, yeah, lots of... Now, at least one of those, though, I'm not sure if it was Critters. One of them, I saw something recently claiming it was not a Gremlins ripoff, that it was already in production, and they actually made some changes. After Gremlins came out, they made some changes to the script to make it less like Gremlins. Damn. So, sometimes that does happen. You just get two things, you know, you get... um, Two Robin Hood movies coming out the same year, even though they were developed independently and didn't necessarily even know the other one was happening until it was too late. Mm. Or you get the Adams Family and the Monsters that seem to be ripping each other off, but they were both being developed at the same time. So, Who can say for certain? So, Honey Bee, how did you like Gremlins? I loved it. It was so fun. It made me so happy. I, yeah, I freaking loved it. And there were so many things, like parts in the movie where, like, I could remember, like, oh, man, like when Stripe is on the skateboard. 
Like, I remember mm. at one point in my life, at some point, seeing, like, a Gremlins, uh, I don't know, toy that, like, where it was, like, you know, a gremlin on a skateboard. And just, like, just like kind of seeing those things. It was just so happy. I really loved it. I had so much fun watching it. I laughed my ass off. Um, <laughs> the deaths, it's just so funny that it's, like, a comedy horror. And that, like, like you know that point when um, Stripe is, like, throwing the handsaw blades and, like, throwing shit at the main character and he's like on the ground it's like get up and kick him you know but it's just so funny that (laughs) these like little tiny chaotic monsters are just like fucking shit up i just it just made me super happy and i enjoyed it i thoroughly enjoyed watching it i loved it i'm glad that you chose this movie for our christmas special what are you gonna rate it how many stars of Bethlehem are you going to give? Oh, for fuck's sake. Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it four stars. Four. Okay. Four. Gee, I was thinking of giving it five. You should. You absolutely should. Oh, you know something <laughs> else that I really loved um, about this movie was the the house phones. Just like kind of seeing the mm-hmm. Like when, when someone, you know, when something is happening and they have to call each other. You know, they just have to be in that specific place. Like there are no cell phones. Like the teacher, when the, when the gremlin hatches, he can't just like text Billy and be like, Billy, it happened. You know, he has to like go to the wall and like, and then call him. And then Billy has to be at the bar, which I don't know how he knew he was at the bar, but he had to be at the bar with his girlfriend (laughs) so that he could like answer the phone and be like, I'll be right there. And that was really, that was nice. That was a good blast from the past. Um, just to like, it it reminds me of like, used to be attached to walls. Yeah. And there used to be a dial tone. I miss dial tones, you know, even if it wasn't mounted on the wall, the cord was attached to the wall. Mm hmm. And at one point, the mom Uh, has to answer the phone. Yeah, and the mom has to, like, answer the phone, but the dad has invented some, like, stupid-ass thing because none of his inventions actually work. (laughs) And she, like, is trying to use it, and it's, like, sort of like a cell phone-type thing. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't work, so she has to, like, walk over the It was basically a cord. This was a between, between, yeah, between those phones and cell phones, there were cordless phones. Yeah, but they and died. He's trying to invent that, but it doesn't you actually to keep exist. Them charged. Yet. That's crazy. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, but I'm saying that's what he's that's what he's trying to invent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his isn't working quite right. It won't pick up. So, um, yeah, that's. I kind of loved that. that till just now. Yeah, I kind of love that all of his inventions suck and like his whole family knows it, but they love yes. him and are so supportive of him yeah. anyway that they're just like, oh, I mean, yeah, it's great. We'd love to that use house it. Somehow. I don't know how because I just recently <clears throat> I just recently saw a video. I think it was posted on Twitter when the telephone company was kind of transitioning from switchboards to dialing it yourself they put out these educational videos explaining how to dial a telephone wow and the woman's using a really oversized dial to demonstrate how it works (laughs) and talking about how you got to keep going all the way around to your finger touches the little finger stop 
and then just let it go to return on its own wow. to the start position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so, so crazy yeah. that we like have these cell phones that are like in our hands all the time. It's not even just a phone anymore. It's like this whole ass computer. Yes, I call it my pocket computer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it five stars. I saw it when it was new in the theaters. Uh, and then I'm sure I saw it multiple times on like HBO or whatever after that. Yeah. But I hadn't watched it in many years until until I decided to pick it for this. So it was so uh, fun. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> it so I think fun. it's an important part of American film culture. Certainly an influential film. They keep talking about making a third one, and I see things online claiming that's moving forward, but I don't know. The fact that they made this cartoon prequel might be an indication that they're seriously thinking of making a third sequel. Highly uh, recommend. I think it'll have Billy in it. I don't know. Phoebe seems to have kind of retired from acting, but maybe they can get her to come back to do Gremlins. So there you go, folks. Gremlins streaming on Max. The artist formerly known as HBO. Stupidest business decision ever. Changing the name to Max. Uh, So let us know what you think of Gremlins. Send us a message. Go to MMFTG.com to find the links for all of our things. Consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash MMFTG. Next week, I believe, is... Is it 50-Foot Woman? Yes. Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. We missed it. We skipped it by accident. So we're going back to 19... Before we begin our third season, we're going back to 1993 to talk about the TV movie. That was a HBO production. Speaking of HBO, this was an original movie on HBO. Not in the theaters. Remake of Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. But until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. And happy holidays, you filthy animals. Yes, Merry Christmas and all the other holidays to everybody. And remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And do not get them wet or feed them after midnight. (laughs) Or sunlight. Don't misuse science. Yes. For well, fuck's you, sake. if you if you do those last two things, if you do those last two things, then you're going to have to do the first thing. <laughs> even though you're not supposed to. <laughs> uh, did you say the thing? Yeah, I did. Don't misuse science. Love you guys. OK. Yeah. Don't misuse science. Don't misappropriate Chinese culture. <laughs> <laughs> we won't see you, but you will hear us next time. On Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Woo! You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.